The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network show and its hosts are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor. And as I like to remind you, each week I'm also the author of a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks. And that's a, a newsletter that really focuses on, uh, on gold and silver, uh, precious metal stocks primarily. But we also do touch on some energy stocks and some technology stocks. Technology usually having to do uh, with, the, uh, with technologies that reduce the cost of the things you have to have to stay alive. So uh, technologies uh, that... Uh, that can provide an ample source of clean uh, water is one such application. Uh, medical technologies as well fit in there as well as uh, other kind of technologies that help us provide food and energy and so forth. So that's sort of the theme of my letter, Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. And we've had a tough year this year, uh, following last year's tough year, two years down in the uh, commodity sector, especially in the precious metals. But I do believe that uh, that we're very close to a turnaround and I think uh, the table is being set for some phenomenal profits in the uh, in the gold mining and silver mining sectors going forward, uh, if not by the end of this year into 2014. I'd like to also tell you that I'm in partnership with Chen Lin, who publishes What is Chen Buying? What is Chen Selling? For those of you who put your name on the waiting list, today is the last day to take advantage of uh, that window of opportunity to sign up for Chen. Chen uh, will uh, not be taking new subscribers until the beginning of the new year in January. You can, however, sign up for my newsletter at any time, J. Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. You can go to miningstocks.com to put your name on Chen's waiting list or uh, call Claudio Bossi in New York at 718-457-1426. 718-457-1426. Claudio is there during the normal work hours. And um, you can also sign up for my letter uh, or put your name on Chen's list by going to miningstocks.com. I should like to also uh, remind you that the best place to go to, the best website to uh, access this radio show, as well as everything I do, is jtaylormedia.com. That's jaytaylormedia.com. Uh, and there are some tremendous articles at jtaylormedia.com. A lot of content there. In fact, I was very impressed myself when I took a look. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, is really interesting as we approach November of this year uh, is the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And there is an article there that is really provided uh, by Who, What, Why. Uh, and we've had Russell Baker, the author of this uh, of the book called The Family of Secrets. Chapter five of that book addresses uh, this whole history, uh, this whole issue of the mystery uh, of the assassination of John Kennedy and the potential ties of the Bush family uh, in that horrible incident. Um, if you'd like to go to my website, J. Taylor Media, there is an article there now that is taken from that chapter five of that book. Bush and the JFK Hit, Part 5, The Mysterious Mr. DeMortian Schult. 
uh, Morenschild is his name. Anyway, it's an article that's very, very interesting. Uh, it's very comprehensive, by the way. Um, so you may have to spend a bit of time, but it's fascinating. If you've lived through that period of time, you know it's a very, very fascinating topic, and I think a very, very important topic uh, in our history. Uh, also, some of the articles that are there, The Jaws of Death, which I wrote, uh, The Inevitability of Hyperinflation, uh, Get Ready for the Next Big Credit Crisis, uh, Four Must-Watch Trends in Fixed Income ETFs, another article that's there, uh, 22 Reasons to be Worried about the U.S. Economy, uh, the coming war between the United States and China and other other countries. Lots and lots of articles. I'm just mentioning just a few of them at J. Taylor Media that I think are really worth uh, paying some attention to. Um, many more that are there too, but those are some of the highlights that I just I just sort of highlighted them as I went through and looked at uh, the the uh, large number of very uh, interesting articles uh, and uh, substantial content that is on our uh, on our website uh, jtaylormedia.com. Um, I should mention that you can also follow me on Twitter under the J. Taylor Media handle. I want to thank each of you for listening to this show, making it the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors for making this show economically viable, Nanostruck Technologies. Uh, they just recently uh, hired a new vice president of international sales. I think it's very encouraging news. Nicholas Bridges is his name. Paramount Gold and Silver, we talked to the CEO of that company, Chris Krupe, last week. This is one I think that you really want to keep your eyes on when the markets turn around. I think Paramount Gold and Silver one of the first companies out of the gate. They have just under 10 million gold equivalent ounces on two properties, but those numbers are likely to increase very dramatically. Columbus Gold really had some big news last week, uh, just recently uh, announcing that they uh, have optioned out half of their property in uh, French Guiana, but I think this is really important news because they've optioned it out to one of the you know one of the top twenty uh, gold producers in the world, Nord Gold, which is a Russian company. Very few people know about it, but they are very aggressively moving that project forward, and uh, at, at the very least. Uh, Columbus Gold will have a 25% interest in this property going forward. Uh, Golden Arrow Resources um, is um, uh, really is one of my favorites. Uh, the company has uh, what is just under or around uh, 100 million uh, silver equivalent ounces in its uh, in its. Um, project in Argentina, but it looks to me like this is just the start of a much bigger deposit. Uh, the company is kind of quiet right now, but at 21 cents, you might really want to consider investigating this and picking up some shares if, if, you, like, if you like it as much as I do. Uh, well, let's just, uh, my engineer is telling me we only have a couple of minutes for this segment. Let's just talk a little bit about today's show. Uh, Murray Susser, uh, Dr. Murray Susser, a medical doctor, Chris Blasey uh, will be visiting for the first time, and Daniel McAdams will be with me once again. You know, this show is largely focused on markets and the economy from a free market or Austrian perspective, but everything in life is, in fact, related in one way or another, so I do like to touch on other areas not directly related to the to the markets, philosophy, theology, politics, geopolitics. We've not talked too much on this show, if at all, about medicine and health, uh, but it is a topic that touches all of our lives in terms of our own health and as well as uh, the economics of healthcare these days. So today, one of my guests, one of my special guests today is going to be Dr. Murray Susser. Uh, he'll be with me at around, uh, well, he'll be, he'll be with me at the first part of the second hour of today's show. The main theme that does run through this show is always we want to seek objective truth. And our premise is that the mainstream media is not primarily interested in the objective truth, but rather on taking care of its own financial well-being. So if it means that they have to tell you some lies or spin the truth from time to time, from their perspective, so be it. Well, I find Dr. Susser, uh, who will be here, uh, to be very appealing because he is a doctor in search of scientific truth. He has not been swallowed up by the medical establishment. In fact, exactly the opposite may be true at times. He's unfettered by the medical establishment's shackles. Uh, Dr. Susser's uh, search for truthful answers to cause 
causes for debilitating diseases housed under the title chronic fatigue syndrome uh, is very refreshing. We're going to talk to him about how uh, we can live a healthy life in a high-tech world. Dr. Susser uh, will talk about some of the complications in the world we live in now that our grandparents perhaps didn't have to face, uh, food technologies and the like, all kinds of technologies that may impact our health. In dealing with the high-tech world of legalized theft by bankers, which is a th- theme that we talk about more often than health, uh, health issues here. Um, in fact, Chris Blasey offers a unique precious metals diversification product uh, that I think could serve us very well. Uh, we will also get his view on the current economic pathology. Um, how does he think that will be resolved? Will it be through the fires of hyperinflation or through the winters of a cold deflationary depression? Chris, uh, you know, he'll be here to give us his opinions. Interestingly enough, he does lean towards the deflation side of the great inflation-deflation uh, debate. During the third segment of today's show, Daniel McAdams uh, of the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity will be with me once again to shed some light on foreign policy propaganda and how the mainstream media is trying to keep us all down on the mushroom farm. We do not have to, um, uh, well, the mushroom farm, those of you who may be familiar with that terminology, it is feed them fecal matter and keep them in the dark. I think that's what our mainstream media does most of the time as they try to keep us in the dark. Um, but I, we do have to go to a commercial break, and when we come back, I want to discuss uh, a couple of very important topics before we get to our first guest. I'm going to talk about why we can know policymakers are leading us down the wrong path, and some insights from Alistair McLeod there on that one. I want to talk about an article on Bloomberg that is uh, about why it is possible the U.S. may be echoing hyperinflationary Germany and the Russian collapse of a few years back. I want to talk a little bit about China's official press agency um, and for new reserve and for a new reserve currency that China is calling for, and at the same time uh, that China is really really storing and building up its gold reserves, probably now the second largest gold hoard in the world. And then also, I, I want to get to Alistair McLeod's calculation of what is the real value of gold, not what is the price of gold, but what is it really worth right now, given the enormous amount of money creation that's taken place over the last uh, couple of, uh, well, over the last many decades, but especially since the Lehman Brothers debacle. I want to encourage all of you uh, to, if you have some arguments, disagreements with uh, what the content of what you hear on this show, or if you're in agreement with it, with it, or if you have some other ideas, send your questions along to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Don't go away. I'll be right back after the break with uh, some more interesting content. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Paramount Gold and Silver is a U.S.-based exploration company with multi-million ounce gold and silver deposits. Paramount's primary asset, the Sleeper Gold Project in northern Nevada, is located in one of the world's most prolific mining districts. Paramount's gold equivalent resources stand at over 7 million ounces. Paramount trades on the NYSE under the symbol PZG. For more information, go to www.paramountgold.com. Paramount Gold is located for success in gold and silver exploration. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. 
Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I've, uh, I'm back here alone, uh, flying solo here. But I have some ideas and some things I'd like to share with you that I think are very, very important. Uh, one of the most frequently asked questions that I get when I go to gold shows, and obviously as a, a newsletter writer of a, of a newsletter that's focused on gold and silver, is, well, where do you think the price of gold is headed? Well, I like to respond to that question by saying I think it's sort of a uh, of a question that doesn't make a lot of sense because what you're doing is you're measuring uh, gold and silver or whatever else you're you're buying in a very unstable unit of measure. We're talking about the U.S. dollar. We're talking about how many dollars will it take to buy an ounce of gold or an ounce of silver or a barrel of oil or what have you. And the problem with that question is, of course, is that it's not a stable yardstick. You know, we'd like if you took off an inch of off a yardstick every year and still called it a yardstick, and then ask how how many yardsticks you need to get from here to you know a hundred yards down the down the line. Well, it's really that's what we're doing when we talk about gold. So I think uh, you know when people ask that question, the better question you know is not what is the price of gold, where is it going to go, but what is gold worth? Because markets reflect, uh, you know, because uh, because really we, we're looking at gold as an intangible asset, unlike paper money, which is worth less. It has nothing of intrinsic value behind it. Digital money, even less. Um, but, you know, markets reflect the, qu- the collective wisdom or the collective stupidity of the masses. I mean, I don't think... Um, you know anybody that argues that that markets are uh, you know are supremely wise and and all knowing and omniscient, I think um, you know masses of people can be manipulated to think certain things, and I, I have no doubt in my mind that our propaganda machine has us thinking things that are totally false. Um, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, the the kind of uh, half truths and uh, and propaganda that's being sent our way every day. So Alistair MacLeod has, has talked about and has written just a couple of days ago about what is the, the value of gold. And Alistair has look, gone back and looked at it in terms of, uh, of the money supply. In fact, a specific money supply that he calls the fiat quantity of money. And he describes the fiat quantity of money in an article that he wrote at Gold Money. In fact, I would suggest you go to jtaylormedia.com, click on our, the Gold Money banner, and it will take you, it will take you to that site and then just uh, Google in uh, Alistair McLeod and and read the article that he's written just a day or two ago about this whole issue of the value of gold. Well, Alistair, in his his work, shows that actually gold is priced now at 32% below where it was, uh, 32% below the level it was before the Lehman Brothers crisis broke out. In other words, before the world was aware that there was a chronic global uh, systemic problem, financial crisis and problem. Uh, gold was priced higher than it is now. So using that yardstick, Alistair says, look, uh, if we just look at the number of quantity, the quantity, the fiat quantity of money out there, we would be looking at $1,860 gold just to get us back to where we were before the world discovered it had a big problem. But, you know, propagandists have us believing that our problems are behind us. I think most people believe and uh, that uh, somehow we'll get through, uh, somehow we'll muddle through. Things may not be as good as they once were, but we'll be okay. We're not going to see any, any drastic cataclysmic events unfold. Uh, and so, you know, the government uh, is inviting you to drink its Kool-Aid, but I'm not buying it. I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid, and neither are the Chinese, quite frankly. China would seem to be hell-bent on building up gold reserves and getting rid of dollars. Last month, uh, China imported 300 tons of gold from Hong Kong. The country has imported over 2,000 tons of gold over the last two years, uh, and most likely it is now the second largest holder of gold in the world, just now having placed uh, Germany. I say that because it looks as if, and this is uh, in part the work of Zero Hedge, which I think is uh, an excellent site you should consider going to and reading their wonderful work, uh, they figure that probably the country has 2,500 tons more than they officially admit to having. That would give it 3,390 tons of gold. That's second only to the United States, which claims to have 8,133.5 tons of gold, but who knows? Most of that gold, uh, the gold antitrust action people believe have been, has been leased out, maybe in other countries, may or may not be here in the United States. Uh, 
but we've never had an audit since Eisenhower. So nobody really knows how much gold the United States has. It claims to have, and assuming it does have 8,133 tons, it is still by far the largest gold holder in the world, uh, with China probably being second at 3,390 tons. Well, uh, interestingly enough, yesterday China's official press agency called for a new reserve currency and a new world order. Well, this isn't the first time we've heard this, but think about it. At a time when uh, when the United States is having trouble getting its budget uh, its its budget in place, and of course, we only have to look down the road to see uh, what's going to happen as the baby boomers retire. We are in big, big trouble. Anybody who thinks we're not is really drinking Kool-Aid and the bad kind. Uh, so I think it's very important that you, that you, that I, that we all try to think outside the box within, within which the United States establishment is trying to imprison us. The real economy in the United States remains in recession. As John Williams has pointed out, if we really look at the true cost of, of staying alive, the inflation rate, the rate that it costs the cost of living as opposed to the inflation rate of the CPI as the government defines it. We have never really had any growth in gross domestic products since after Lehman Brothers. We're seeing that uh, sort of reflected in record numbers of Americans on food stamps all the time. Wealth is clearly being transferred from average people to Wall Street and Washington. No question about that in my mind. The Chinese and the Russians and other nations that are sufficiently strong enough to withhold the American military to keep us from attacking them are now standing up to the United States more than ever before. You know, as Alan Brown pointed out, the countries we decide are rogue nations are countries that won't play with the IMF and the World Bank. Well, China and Russia and some of these adversarial nations do trade and deal with the World Bank and the IMF to an extent. Uh, but they're also sufficiently strong that they're, they're taking a stand now, and they are really wanting to put together a new monetary system. And here the Chinese of, official press agency called for a new reserve currency and a new world order. I think it's very clear the handwriting is on the wall that we are heading in for some very difficult times. So uh, I think that if the Chinese and, and other people are telling us, I think we need to pay attention. I think you need to do your own thinking and your own research. You can't just simply rely on, uh, on, the, on the propaganda that comes out of the mainstream. Uh, there's really a lot of reasons why you need to be very cautious and, uh, and I think trade those fiat currency uh, units in for real money, which is gold. Uh, we do have to take a break now, but don't go away because when I come back, Chris Blasey will have more to say about China and gold, and he also has come very has has a very unique uh, product that I think you're going to want to hear about uh, that provides diversification. I think also some protection against wealth confiscation uh, if that day comes again in the United States. So don't go away. We'll be right back with uh, Chris Blasey. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Golden Arrow Resources on the TSX Exchange has recently made a new silver discovery and is presently drilling a 6,500-meter program on that discovery. A maiden resource calculation is expected to be released in April of this year. The project is located in Jujuy Province in northern Argentina, just 30 kilometers from the Perquitas Mine operated by Silver Standard. Golden Arrow has an experienced team with decades of experience in Argentina. Golden Arrow offers shareholders exceptional leverage with an exciting new silver discovery. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me for the first time Christopher Blasey. Chris is the uh, group director at NeptuneGlobal.com. 
He is a veteran of the financial world with over 25 years of experience. Since 2004, Chris has led the operations and expansion of Neptune Global Holdings, LLC. Today, Neptune Global is a full-service precious metals dealer. The company provides an array of trading and related services for individual and institutional investors, financial professionals, and broker-dealers. Additionally, Chris has developed innovative physical precious metals investment products such as the Vault Account and the highly acclaimed PMC Ounce which stands for Precious Metals Composite. The PMC ounce is registered with the U.S. Patent Office. Neptune Global, uh, which you can, I would suggest you go to, is neptuneglobal.com, uh, also provides the market, uh, some market research to its institutional clients. Chris, uh, Chris's expertise in the precious metals and financial markets has made him a regular contributor to such financial publications as the Wall Street Journal, Investor's Business Daily, Market Watch, uh, thestreet.com and CNBC. Welcome, Chris. It's good to have you with me. Thank you, Jay. Great to be with you. I um I want I want to get your take on the economy and on precious metals. But before we get into those topics, I would like uh, you to tell our listeners a little bit more about the Neptune Global Bullion Exchange and Neptune uh, Global Holdings. Uh, is the Neptune Global Bullion Exchange, I, I guess, is operated, uh, owned, and operated by Neptune Global Holdings? Is that right? That would be correct. And, um, Global yeah. Holdings has complete control of uh, uh, of Neptune Global Bullion Exchange. Okay, and um, and you provide services to retail clients as well as institutions, I guess, right? Yes, we do. Um, so uh, individual investors working directly with us is a, is a major part of our business, but uh, we also provide our product platform uh, to financial professionals and institutional investors. What uh, So what kind of services do you provide for the institutional clients? A lot of that would have to do with the storage arrangements, the transportation of the metals. Uh-huh. Uh, we do also provide research uh, for them because, you know, in a lot of uh, larger wealth management shops, you know, that aren't the majors that are kind of the mid- mid-tier, they do not have the expertise on the precious metals market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they do not have the analysts or the trading desks that would be in, a, you know, a much larger bullion bank. Mm-hmm. So there, uh, so there is a need there in that sort of mid-tier level, I guess, among professionals, uh, among uh, institutional clients, for for some real understanding of gold, as opposed to the stuff you get every day on on the mainstream media. I suppose that's exactly right. And actually, we've also developed uh, our unique products called the Vault Account, which are really pure plays on owning physical precious metals. Um, the price per ounce is a little bit lower because. All the holdings are backed 100% by the bullion, but they're the larger bars, and therefore the price per ounce are lower, but you get the ease of trade like you're trading an ETF. Mm-hmm. But without, without that counterparty risk of a financial instrument and uh, you know, some of the other risks inherent to having a, a, you know, a security between you and the underlying asset. Well, let me understand. The vault account, you're saying it's, it's, you can trade it like an ETF? It makes as easy as an ETF. You can call oh, okay. the trading desks. You can buy or sell any amount of the bullion, um, and if you get a direct allocation, the uh, the bullion is in a non-bank depository, and then based on your trade, whether it's a purchase or sale, you're either allocated or deallocated 100% the amount of metal you purchased. So then, you're not, there isn't a financial instrument that trades on an exchange. It's just the ease of putting in those trades but with direct bullion ownership. Okay, so you can make a phone call or, or whatever, I guess, and, and either buy or sell it. That's correct. Oh, that's the Vault account. That's one of the two products that you've got, and I guess it's unique. Anyone else doing this? Um, you know, really there's variations of it, but yeah. most firms that basically they've always created a security, right? There's, uh, you know, not all the ETFs are create, created equal. Some obviously use derivatives, and obviously they have a lot of counterparty risk because of that. Others are more pure plays on the metal, where the holdings are 100% backed by the metal, but you're creating a financial instrument, right? The um, the difference here is, as the purchase is made, the bullion that the part depository is notified of the investor's purchase, and the metal is assigned to that client, and the the depository itself reports to the individual to confirm 
the uh, the metal that's been uh, purchased and allocated to them. Mm-hmm. That does not exist when there's a financial instrument between you and the underlying. So give us an idea of what uh, what size transactions might take place there, what sort of range. I mean, and is this most of the vault accounts mostly uh, by institutions, or are there some individuals that, that engage in that so, as well? Uh, individuals have been uh, gravitating to it. Um, we actually we do a lot with uh, IRA firms. We have an IRA administrator where we keep a separate inventory just for them, within for all their clients, so they can um, take advantage of it. You know, the price per ounce is lower because again, there's bars that are backing this mm-hmm. up. These are all delivery bars. So therefore, if you, especially in the case of an IRA where a person is not taking delivery into their home, um, they don't feel why should I pay the premium associated with an eagle or a maple leaf. It's all good bullion, lower price per ounce. So, and to get back to your original question, the transaction sizes uh, go from the smaller retail to very large institutional. So we run the gamut, um, and it's being a, a very, you know, well widely embraced by both marketplaces. So, for buying a, a bar of gold, what size are those? What? How many ounces? Well, so there, there aren't bars, right? You, you, I mean, there are bars, but you don't have to buy in a bar increment. Sure. Um, right? The depository can have a large bar, and I come in and you come in, and we both purchase, and our purchase, say, represents half of the bar. The depository then recognizes that bullion, those ounces, as Alex, uh, 50% allocated to you or half of that bar to you, half to me. Okay. But the difference is it's all 100% um, backed by the bullion, we always maintain a, a, a equal or greater to volume of bullion in the in that storage facility to meet or exceed the customer's holdings. All right, so it is an allocated account then that, that I would have if I opened an account. It, it's out. Yes, it's allocated to all the investors. It's not on our balance sheet, and the uh, tracking and the verification is is handled by a third party depository. Is uh, are your accounts audited? Do you do you have an audit, or do you make it available for people to see? I know, like for example, Gold Money provides an audit. Uh, do, do you do you do that? Yes, I mean one of the main reasons we one of the main things we provide is again that your holdings are being reported to you by the third party depository. Uh huh. Sure. Right. It's not on our books. It's off of our books. Mm-hmm. It goes to them. It's also a non-bank depository. I believe that's important, and a lot of gold investors uh, value that because oh, yeah. as opposed to a bank depository, right, who has a deal desk, who, we, who is leasing gold and, you know, doing all sorts of other transactions in the precious metals, there is not that conflict of interest. So right. it is not in their interest at all to be reporting anything different um, because they're basically just providing secured storage services. And, of course, it's insured. Um, and you know they do again. They will directly report to the client what the holdings are. That will match up with the trade confirmations we do with the clients. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as going into the depository, the reality is um, no depository is going to allow you know hundreds and thousands of individual investors looking at a holding of eighty ounces. You just yeah because for security you cannot walk. Yeah, of course, the of course, right. Well, you know, Chris, uh, especially uh, this last provision about being held by non-bank uh, depositories is, I think, very, very important because especially at this time when the bail-ins are, are being planned, essentially, by uh, by our government, I believe. I would agree 100%. Uh, besides, the, as I mentioned, the conflict of interest and some of the other dealings, some of the other uh, you know entities might do with gold, um, with the banking regulations and the ability to, you know, possibly be seizing bank accounts and bailing in, I believe it's in uh, an investor's best interest to keep it outside of that, that world into just a secured facility. Yeah, people don't realize that when they put their money in the, in the bank, for example, it's not really their money. It's uh, They are lending their money, actually. They are unsecured creditors. And to a certain extent, that's true with stocks. It might be an IRAs as well, I suppose. I mean, the, it's the same thing. I mean, if I, if I have shares in the brokerage account, uh, those shares aren't in my name. They're in the broker's name. I agree. Um, and I think people are going to be shocked in the future about what their status actually is in a bank. Yeah. You know, that they're really a creditor. That's what, you know, a lot of people are just not doing their homework and understanding their risk. Um, and, uh, you know, there's also a lot of questions about what's going to happen 
with IRA accounts, um, mm-hmm. anywhere that is, quote, unquote, the low-hanging fruit that a, you know, a broke, desperate government may be grasping for. Uh, you know, we've, everyone knows it's happened in Cyprus, but some people dismiss it and think that, uh, you know, Cyprus, it's because of their stature in the world, it happens to someone like them, but not here, but people should not kid themselves. Cyprus is part of the European Union. The European Union is supposed to be a entity, you know, on par with the United States. And if they did that to one of their members, I think uh, we all know that uh, that could definitely happen here. And from our understanding, um, especially even in Canada, we know that legislation has already been put in place to allow such things as bail-ins. Yeah, that's for sure. And we uh, and I've seen a white paper that was produced uh, jointly by the FDIC and the Bank of England that is planning for bail-ins uh, in in the United States as well. So, to me, I, I take it as a given. I, I think that yeah, you're right. Most people think that their money is in the bank. It's FDIC insured. But if the government is broke, um, you know, there's, there are limits to even what the United States government can do when it comes to printing money and borrowing and so on and so forth. Which is, of course, the bigger reason we want to own gold, one of the bigger reasons we want to own gold. You know, before we get to some of these economic issues that I really want to talk to you about, though, I do want to ask you a bit more about another unique product you have called uh, the PMC Ounce. Uh, talk to us about the PMC Ounce. That is really, I guess it's it's a composite of, um, of gold, silver, platinum, and palladium, isn't it? Yes, PMC is a precious metals composite. Um, here's the best way to visualize it. It's part of the Volt account series, but the Volt account was just gold and silver. Now think of a, um, an ounce like a pie, and you have four slices. They're not even because we do a, a different allocation, you know, more heavy to gold um, versus silver, platinum, and palladium. But think of this pie with the four slices, and each PMC ounce you buy spends a certain amount of gold, silver, platinum, palladium is allocated to you in the depository. So let's just keep a a simple example. Say 10% of each of the ounces is platinum. If you bought 1,000 of them, 100 ounces of platinum is then allocated to you, right? The aggregate 10% of each of those 1,000 ounces. Mm -hmm. So what you get is, now the advantage, it's not just a novel idea. We've back-tested it, and because of making an allocation across the precious metal spectrum, you get the benefit of diversification. So we've found that the volatility in the PMC ounce was much lower than the individual metals, mm-hmm. especially the ones that tend to be very volatile, like silver and palladium. Mm-hmm. And the return has, at any given time, exceeded that of two to three of the other metals. Mm-hmm. So currently, it's performing much better than gold and, 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 and platinum, um, palladium has performed a little bit better than it over the last five years, but no one would put all their money in palladium, and palladium is a very volatile metal. So you're getting this diversification, which has always been, you know, the mantra, right, of, uh, of investment advisors and such, mm-hmm. and you're getting much lower volatility, and you're getting a superior return. So, you know, again, it's not just novel, it's practical, and some of the other metals, like palladium, really don't lend themselves for individual or retail investors. So right. the best way, best way to capture the advantages and the upside of the potential of something like palladium is through this vehicle. Cool. Um, we received notific- We received our uh, patent um, acceptance just about a month and a half ago. Okay. So we're very excited. The product has been in the market for a while. But now, you know, with this new status, um, you know, it's really, it's really going to help us take off. Um, and the customers that we've been make, we've made it available to over the last year are extremely pleased with it. Really enjoy it. Um, you know, really enjoy what it's been able to do for them. Smooth out some of the rough ride and maintain a uh, you know a better than um, average return compared to several of the other individual metals. So you could also put this in your IRA, I guess. Yeah, uh, because what we do is we know with IRAs, the IRS lays down the rules about, um, you know, purity and, uh, and form and hallmark, right, of the different metals to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Like, example, you know, there's certain hallmarks and you have to meet certain purity requirements for gold and silver, platinum and palladium. 
that's the quality of metals we have that back everything up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as I said, we always stick to good delivery metal. Um, this way, you know, we, we're, we can be utilized, you know, basically in any account, institutional, individual, and IRA. The uh, tax implications uh, for for the bullion, though, for the metals, uh, is not as advantageous, though, is it? It's still at this point in time as, say, for equities. So, and, I'm, and I don't want to put myself out as a tax expert. Sure. So this is just... So everybody um, should really consult their own tax uh, advice from their from their CPAs. Correct. So um, as far as my understanding, there's been no changes in uh, the tax code regarding um, capital gains uh, for bullion. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the IRA, being in an IRA, um, if you made a certain amount of money over the last several years in gold, sold it, and then when you take your you know your distribution and you have to pay your tax, you're getting whatever your tax rate is at the time. They're sure. not taking out you know the money you made in gold bullion five six years ago right. and hitting your tax. So there is a uh, it's a little more uh, you can say fair in that environment. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the issues that people really worry about, uh, people that, that think about these things, and I'm not saying most, because I think most people don't even think about owning gold in America. It's just not something that's necessary because I think the propagandists have everybody believing that Uncle Ben Bernanke will ultimately fix things. But for those of us who worry about gold, about confiscation, um, you know, because it, gold was confiscated, or let's some, uh, I guess maybe more accurately, it was nationalized, as uh, one of my guests recently said. Um, I would think that having something like the PMC might give you additional protection over what you, uh, in the event that there is a nationalization or confiscation of gold. First of all, do you do you worry about that possibility? And secondly, do you think then that the PMC ounce would provide some protection uh, in that it has silver and, and those other industrial metals in there as well? That's a great question. So there's two parts to it, and here's how I'd like to address it. First, on the overall um, idea of confiscation. Now, I'm not as skeptical as the next individual, um, but on the confiscation issue, I believe there were some unfounded fears. Mm-hmm. First of all, harking back to the 1930s with Roosevelt, it's apples and oranges. That was an era when the dollar was backed by gold, mm-hmm. and in order for the for the government, the treasury, to issue more money, you know, to, to help us supposedly out of the depression, to put in that liquidity, you needed gold to back it up. So right. the whole rationale, the whole rationale for why it was confiscated doesn't exist. We all know that trillions of dollars <clears throat> are being printed or created um, without <clears throat> gold to back it up. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the rationale, excuse me, for what happened in 1932 just doesn't exist. Um, and actually, and I'm actually in a camp with some people. I think that people would be surprised who don't believe confiscation is going to happen. Um, you know, I was, I was at a conference not too long ago with Jim Sinclair. He doesn't think confiscation of gold is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Rickards, conversations with him, really doesn't believe it's going to happen. I mean, no one can say for sure, but they're not as worried about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of, and also, the amount of gold that's actually in the hands of, of retail investors in the U.S. with the problems the U.S. is facing and the astronomical debt that, you know, and uh, unfunded liabilities, it would actually be a, minute, a small amount. I mean, it would be yeah. really, it's not to do anything. So the idea that, you know, taking the gold out of the hands of, you know, that small segment of retail investors in the U.S. who are holding it, as being meaningful um, financially, I, I I just don't think it's really there. Certainly, now, certainly not at current prices anyway. <laughs> no, you're yeah. right. Um, Twenty five thousand dollars an ounce may be a little bit different. Yeah, but actually, I think it would be have, have to be higher than that. Looking at our unfunded liability. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, now, as far as the PMC ounce, you, you, you've made a great observation. So the reality is. When you think of each ounce, the, amount, the fraction of each ounce that's like allocated to gold is a small portion of it. Um, and if the gold was actually confiscated, the remaining metals, silver, the platinum, and palladium, which contribute to a, you know, a substantial part of the PMC ounce, would remain intact. So a great way of looking at it, you picked up immediately on that, was in the worst-case scenario, 
that investment at least will be, you know, a major portion of it will be intact. So, um, and confiscation, we realize they did give you money. It wasn't just the total taking of right, the Right, exactly. That's correct. Right. And, and that's another thing. I mean, people forget. They think as if it was totally taking and you're left, left with nothing. I am aware that they, you know, devalued the dollar after that to gold. So the holders did get, you know, did take a loss based on that. But it wasn't a, you know, a total, uh, total theft. Yeah, well, it's. Uh, I, I would guess that maybe taxation might be the the greater way that they uh, that they take away uh, the value that we have in our gold or silver or whatever else. But in any event, I think those are very good points, and uh, t- you know, certainly times are different than they were in the 1930s. Uh, but I, also, it just makes sense to me that silver and platinum and palladium being industrial metals, whereas gold is almost a pure uh, monetary metal. Um, that that maybe there's some protection there, so that that would be another reason I would see the PMC to be an attractive alternative. Um, you, you know, I'd like to talk to you a little bit if we could switch gears a little bit more towards the uh, the economy and the need for protecting yourself with with gold and uh, these other uh, monetary metals. Uh, inflation or deflation? You know, most people think of gold and silver as being uh, hedges against inflation, and and I think you would agree they are. Uh, and I think you also probably agree with me that we have some major economic problems that are likely or that could lead in either direction, uh, either in a very serious inflationary problem or a deflation. Do you agree with that? I agree 100%. Um, as far as the economy, I don't need uh, um, past listening to the mainstream financial media. Right. There is no recovery. This economy is contracting. It's been contracting for years. So... Now, the overarching, if it was a, if it was allowed to go free market right now, mm-hmm. we would go into a tremendous deflationary spiral. Oh. That is where the forces are. The Fed, for years now, QE1, 2, 3, Operation Twist, you name it, is desperately trying to get inflation and just not getting the results they want. And you, the point you brought up is really important because I think some investors, or actually a lot of investors, don't get about Gold can perform, will, not can, will perform in both an inflation, inflationary and deflationary environment. And the part, you know, everyone understands the nominal, right? I bought gold at a thousand an ounce, it went to fifteen hundred, I, I, you know, I made money. Great. And if we go into a deflationary spiral and say gold goes from thirteen hundred dollars an ounce to eight hundred dollars an ounce, a lot of people will think that's a loss. And it's not true. In a deflationary environment like that, everything would come crashing down. Gold would hold its purchasing power in, 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 you know, better than any other investment. So a good example is an environment, an deflationary environment where gold goes from $1,300 an ounce to 800 a gallon of gasoline is going to go from $3.50 a gallon to $0.89. Cents. So the reality is the gold will actually purchase more in a deflationary environment than in an inflationary environment. So to put it in a nutshell, whether we go the route of deflation or the Fed can successfully get us on the inflationary path they want, gold will perform and and should be a a well-performing and good-performing store of wealth for the investor. It's two different paths, but at the end of that path, gold will outperform. Certainly, gold bullion. I, I, you know, as one who looks at mining stocks, I'm, I'm more. Uh, my preference for the two painful resolutions to this economic malaise we find ourselves in would be deflation, because I know that uh, I, for the most part, most mining projects would be more profitable, uh, because the cost of getting it out would decline relative to the price of of the gold or the silver that's being mined. And uh, but in a hyperinflationary environment, I know that I would rather own the metals than try to own the mining companies, for sure. Because uh, I, I just think it's very difficult to make money when you're producing, manufacturing, or mining when the prices of uh, when the cost of, of everything else is going up very rapidly. But uh, that's very interesting. But I would think that though, you know, going getting back to your PMC, let's say we have a deflation. What? Which of those metals do you think uh, that are in the PMC would do best in a deflationary environment, and which do you think would do best in a in an inflationary environment? Well, that's that's a great um, great observation. And again, 
when we talk about, you know, diversification to balance things out. I'll give you a good example. If you look at the chart of how the individual metals perform and then how the PMC outs performs, you'll see find times when the general consensus in the news was the economy is slowing down and, you know, they're, they're, therefore they're going to have to print more money, right, to, to add liquidity. And in an environment like that, you'll see gold rising, silver rising, not maybe as much as gold because gold is the pure monetary metal. And then, because part of that news was the economy is slowing down, you'll see those metals used in industrial in the industrial process, platinum and palladium, turning down. Mm-hmm. So again, balancing each other. It, if you were all in platinum and palladium, you'd be taking this, you know, outsized hit. But the gold was rising because the thought was more liquidity is coming into the market. The silver was rising, usually not as much as the gold because of the industrial component. Again, so they balanced each other off. And then it would work in the flip side. So the ounce, the PMC ounce, basically is capturing and, you know, capturing the upside of the one that's rising and, and being, you know, buffered by the one, a little bit, the one that's falling. Now, as I mentioned, the allocation isn't equal, 25% to each metal. Right. The way, the way it's constructed, it's basically constructed so that your per dollar allocation is, is spread to the metals based on what we think is a logical allocation. Now, great, it moves a little bit because the ratios between gold and silver change, but by and large, it's constructed so that approximately 45 to 50% or 50 cents per dollar goes to gold about 25 cents per dollar goes to silver and the balance 12.5%, 12.5% to platinum and palladium. So we're heavy on gold because at the end of the day, we believe that, you know, this global crisis is a financial phenomenon and the monetary, the pure play on a monetary metal will do tremendously well. So we're basically half in gold, quarter in silver and the balance split between platinum and palladium. Yeah. So it was constructed to be a logical allocation, and that's the why for, that's why we believe, and it has been performing the way it was planned. So new money that goes in, uh, in, in to buy a PMC today would go in those roughly those those allocations: fifty percent gold, twenty five twenty five percent into silver, and twelve and a half percent into palladium and platinum each. Exactly, and you know if you go to our website um, NeptuneGlobal.com. Neptune. Mm-hmm. Right there on the home page, live prices, it shows what the PMC ounce is trading at. It's also, we call it the PMC index, and it shows you the allocation of money. So here's a, here's an example. Um, as we talk, the, um, the PMC ounce is trading at $91.33. That's the total per uh-huh. the ounce. And the allocation is $44.75 to gold, $20.10 to silver, $12.60 to palladium, and thirteen dollars and eighty-eight cents to platinum. Very interesting. So, yeah, that's that's NeptuneGlobal.com. NeptuneGlobal.com, and yeah. as I said, it, it's all there, transparent in real-time pricing. Um, all right. So, I mean, this this to me is very exciting. This is a this is something I really want to check in, check out for myself a bit more as well, Chris. You know, it's uh, uh, it would seem to have a lot of uh, a lot of appeal for people that that really get it. And you know, right now it just seems to me that people are sort of drinking the uh, the establishment Kool Aid again, sort of believing that things are going to be all right, um, but. You obviously don't believe that. I mean, and, and, and here's the thing. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about you. I can tell my listeners I'm a gold bug. Uh, I'm not a gold bug because I want to see the world go to hell and I want to make money uh, in that process. I'm a gold bug because I believe the world is going to hell because of policies that are, that are being espoused by, by anything but free market advocates. Uh, and, uh, and, and so I know you're not you're not wishing for hard times. You're not wishing for difficulties. But you see it coming. Do you see any reason to believe uh, that that we're just wrong about this, that our view of the world is just twisted, and really the guys that are that have it all right are, you know, we should just stop worrying and, and watch CNBC every day? Well, you know, I think we all ask ourselves that. And I think that's a healthy thing, right? It's doing like mm-hmm. a personal check. Sure. But, but I think, you know, we're both students of history, 
Yeah. We've watched what's been unfolding, um, and as the crisis, as this financial crisis intensifies, now granted, they will tell you that it isn't intensifying, that the economy is, is uh, getting better, but of course that runs contrary to all the evidence. I mean, when they're telling us in the mainstream media, the economy is getting better, but we're still signing up a couple hundred thousand additional people to food stamps each month mm-hmm. and adding a couple tens of thousands of additional people to the disability roles, you know, that doesn't make sense. So I know that everyone wants to be, you know, the, the mainstream just wants to be a cheerleader and everyone's just supposed to, you know, put on blinders. But, um, you know, and it would be great if everything did turn around and we got into a truly sustainable, healthy, booming economy. It's just not there. So I think, you know, what I, what I want to do is for me, my clients, friends, my family, you know, prepare for the storm we're going through so that when we come through, you know, we're well positioned to, uh, you know, to hopefully take advantage and, you know, grow our wealth and, uh, and pursue things in, uh, you know, a more traditional way. But it's not going to help anybody, unfortunately, um, by, by avoiding what's happening. And, I, and the, the path is set in stone, Jay. I mean, there is, there is, no, there is no actions taking place you know, at the official level that shows any change of heart. It's like the old saying about keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result being the, uh, you know, the hallmark of insanity. I mean, that's where we are right now. I couldn't so, agree. I, I couldn't agree with you more. We've got a few minutes left here yet. You know, I, you talk about things not being right, and certainly, uh, while the propaganda here is trying to convince everybody to stay calm and everything is is okay, certainly the rest of the world isn't seeing it. I was reading a headline this morning: China's official press agency calls for our for a new reserve currency and a new world order. They are very upset about the dollar of which they hold uh, I don't know a trillion dollars or whatever it is a large amount the large after the Federal Reserve the largest holder of, of uh, US treasuries and they don't like what they see over here. They don't like to see the debasing of our currency and they don't like to see the indebtedness. They don't like to see uh what's going on and we use our military of course to go around the world and enforce the dollar uh, the, the dollar's reserve currency status, and, and they don't like that very much. Do you see um, a possible trigger point? And, you know, I know that you, uh, Jim Rickards, is uh, a friend of yours. He's going to be speaking uh, at a conference later today, as I understand it. Now, now do you, uh, James was on this show, and he talked about, you know, in his war games, he talked about the possibility of uh, of the dollar uh, losing its uh, reserve currency status. Do you do you think that's a real possibility? And are the Chinese, in asking for this, and at, at the same time buying record amounts of gold? I just read that they they had purchased 300 tons of gold in the latest. Uh, that, that is, they had imported from uh, from Hong Kong 300 tons, uh, and you know that's more than was produced that month in the, in the world. Uh, so, do you think the handwriting might be on the wall here with China? Backing its currencies, uh, are, are buying huge amounts of gold, might be looking for the day when it has the gold to, uh, and market conditions will put it in a position where it can demand um, some some change in the in the global currency status of the of the dollar. There is going to be a change in the status of the dollar. I think what's going to um, uh, shock people here for the mainstream. Um, there's a complacency that what was for the last 50, 60 years is going on in perpetuity, and that's just not the case. Um, you know, 20 years ago, people who may not have been happy with, uh, you know, government policy here, like a country like China and all that, didn't have didn't have the capacity to do anything about it. But it's a different world now. Mm-hmm. And people are upset. They see with our policy that we're going to just ultimately devalue and trash the dollar and the world wants to move away from that. There is definitely a something behind uh, China's accelerating um, hoarding of gold. You know, taking all of its uh, its domestic mine supply, um, taking ever increasing amounts of bullion off the uh, the global market. They're preparing for something. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it's going to be an announcement that the yuan is a uh, you know is partially backed by gold or whether there's going to be some other global currency in the future mm-hmm. and to be a player at that table, um, countries would, would want and need a certain quantity of gold in their reserves. 
Uh, you know, we know China is trying to catch up to the holdings of countries like what the U.S. says it has, or you know what many of the European nations have, and and you know Russia also has a fair amount of uh, gold in its reserves, especially mm-hmm. based on the size of its GDP. So they're trying to catch up to be up more on par. Now they're up to something. Yeah. This is going somewhere, and I do not believe that uh, we're going to find out. Oh, I believe we're going to find out where this is going in the not too distant future. And what I mean is within 24 months. Within the next two years. Absolutely. And and probably sooner, but I'm just thinking on the outside, 24 months, two years. Yeah, uh, that jives with what James Rickard said on this show. You know, he pointed out that the the BRIC countries are really trying to set up a different, their own sort of monetary system to get around around, uh, the United States demands. And, you know, it was very interesting. We had Ellen Brown on this show recently who talked uh, about how the countries that we deem to be rogue nations are always those nations that don't want to play ball with the IMF and the World Bank. I think it's very interesting. You know, Chris, we are out of time, unfortunately. You have a, really a lot of very interesting things going on at NeptuneGlobal.com. NeptuneGlobal.com, I would, I would really advise my listeners to go there, uh, check out the services that Chris just talked about. Chris, I think you're very valuable services, and I, I want to do that for myself and my my own IRA. Looks like something people should do. Uh, so I, I thank you very much, Chris, for your time uh, and your insights here. I look forward to talking to you again in the not-too-distant future. Well, thank you, Jay. And uh, it was great talking with you, and I look forward to uh, getting together again soon. Okay, thank folks, you. don't go away. I'll be right back. We're going to be talking to Dr. Murray Susser about ways you can improve or retain your physical health. So don't go away. Another very important topic with Dr. Susser. 